Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Day by day, and with each passing moment, strength I find to meet my trials here. Trusting in my Father's wise bestowment, Let's open our Bibles today to the little epistle of Jude. Jude, verse number one. Let's just read this for context. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. For there are certain men, crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will, therefore, in lieu of this, put you in remembrance, Though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire." So he gives three examples here of what the results are of disobedience, following people who do not follow the word of God. And he says, likewise, also these filthy dreamers. He's speaking of these false prophets, these that lead people away from the truth. And he gives a couple of uh, characteristics of these people. They're filthy dreamers. And, uh, of course, the word filthy means that they make it up as they go along. They're not grounded in the word of God. And then he also says these filthy dreamers defile the flesh. In other words, they pollute themselves with sin. How? Because of their corrupt passions, their evil desires. They do not live holy and separated lives. And then he goes on to say, in regards to these men, that they reject authority. They are men who despise authority and thus despise the Bible because the Bible regiments and regulates and exhorts a man to walk in holiness. You see, men do not reject the Bible because it contradicts itself, but because it contradicts them. They do not want to have authority over them. And not only do they reject authority, he goes on, but they speak evil of it. The King James says they speak evil of dignitaries. These men who reject this authority, they actually speak evil of this authority. When men speak evil of the authorities that God has set up, he is speaking, they are speaking evil of God himself. And all of this comes because they reject authority. And we need to understand something. We do not stand in judgment of the Bible. The Bible stands in judgment of us, whether we like that or not. And then it says, yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. Now, 
And we see two things in regards to this verse. Jude put this here for a purpose. First, he is showing that it is never wise to lean upon the arm of the flesh. You see, you and I are no match for the devil in and of ourselves. We're foolish to even think that we can stand against the tax that the devil is capable of throwing at us in and of ourselves. The devil is a powerful enemy. No, he's not omnipotent. He's not omniscient like God. But nevertheless, he is not one to be toyed with. We are told that even the archangel Michael recognized this and would not fight the devil in his own strength. Like Michael, Jude is encouraging us that we too must depend upon the Lord for the victory in this area. As we lean upon the Lord, we will have the victory. Jesus said in John 15, 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches, he that abideth in me, and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. You can do nothing. So he's showing us that the devil is a powerful enemy, but we cannot take him on in and of ourselves. And then the second thing we see in this verse is that he's showing us by using Michael as an example that we, unlike the false prophets in verse 8, are not to speak evil of the authorities that God has placed over us. Look at Romans chapter number 13 as an example of this. In Romans chapter number 13, in verse number one, let every soul be subject to the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that are ordained are God, of God. Whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers, they're not a terror to people who do good works, but to people who do evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and you'll have praise from the same. In other words, if you do that which is good, you don't have to worry about the cop sitting down the road tracking your speed. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is a minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that speedeth. No, that's not what that says. On him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake, because God has told us to. For this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers. They're attending continually upon this very thing. Render, therefore, to all of their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Again, if the great angel, Michael, wouldn't even say anything negative about Satan, who are we to say something evil of those who have been placed over us? Instead, he says, verse number 10, But these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally, they're brute beast in those things they corrupt themselves. In other words, uh, these men speak of things that they have no knowledge of. Of course, these men are not spiritual, but instead they are ruled by their natural senses. That's why he compares them to a brute beast. They're going on look 
touch, taste, smell, hearing, sight. They're not going on the things of the spirit. They are not spiritual men. They're ruled by their senses and they're called brute beast. 1 Corinthians 2.14, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. Why? For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. They don't have the ability to understand spiritual things because they are fleshly, they are natural, they are not regenerated, they are unsaved men. And he's talking about these false prophets that that corrupt the word of God, reject our Lord Jesus Christ. They're not born again. And again, Jude is saying he will judge them. He will not only judge them, but he will judge those who follow them. And then verse number 11, Woe unto them, for they have gone the way of Cain, and ran greedily after their Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. Now he gives three more examples of what God will do, and what he has done in past, with people who have disobeyed God. And he gives three examples, that of Cain, that of Balaam, and that of Kor. This is the judgment of God that is surely to fall upon these natural brute beasts, these filthy dreamers, and those who follow them. Notice, number one, we'll do this one today. He says they have gone the way of Cain. What is the way of Cain? Well, let's look in Genesis chapter number four. In Genesis chapter number four and verse number one, for, this, for the backdrop. And Adam knew Eve's wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought the fruit of the ground and offering to the Lord. And Abel, he also brought the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. So this is Cain. He was obviously a son of Adam and Eve. His brother was named Abel. And it says here in the scripture that Cain was a tiller of the ground. In other words, he was a husbandman or a farmer. And his brother Abel was a keeper of sheep. And they brought their offerings to the Lord. Now, obviously, they had been taught to do this by their mom and dad, Adam and Eve, and they brought their offerings to the Lord. Um, and it says here that Cain brought the fruit of the ground, and Abel brought the firstlings, firstlings of the flock. And the Lord had a problem with Cain's offering. And as a result, Cain was very angry. And the Lord rebuked Cain and said, why are, you, why are you upset? He said, if you do well, will you not be accepted? So obviously something Cain was doing was not pleasing 
to the Lord, and he warned him that sin lieth at the door. And, and, and unto you shall be his desire. Sin wants to take you, but you can rule over him. And how did Cain respond? He didn't respond in, in repentance or remorse. He took his brother out into the field and killed him. Now the question that arises is, what is the way of Cain? What did the Lord, why did the Lord have a problem with Cain's offering. Well, the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible itself. The next time this is mentioned is in the New Testament, the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 4, it says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. The writer of Hebrews ties the better offering of Abel to faith by which he obtained witness that he was righteous and God testifying of his gifts and by it being dead by it he being dead yet speaketh and of course that's the faith hall of fame obviously faith was an issue in this offering Abel obviously had faith and Cain didn't have faith in his offering we also see it referred to in 1 John chapter 3 in verse number 12 1 John 3, 12, um, in verse 11, For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And why did he slay him? Because his works were evil, and his brothers were righteous. So, in the New Testament, we get a little bit of light shed on why God rejected Cain's offering. Obviously, Cain lacked faith and Cain lacked love because his own works were evil, but his brother Abel's was righteous. So what is the way of Cain? Well, some people would say, well, it's just living a life without faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Uh, without faith, we can't be born again. Uh, some people will say, well, it's a bloodless religion of works because Abel brought the firstlings of his flock and he actually killed an animal and blood was shed, which was found in type when God killed the, the animal in the, in the, after Adam and Eve had sinned and blood was shed to cover their nakedness. And I'm sure they had passed that on to their children. So some people will say, no, it was, you know, Cain didn't sacrifice blood, but instead the works of his hands. Um, I think, yeah, I think that might be digging a little too deep um, because the Bible in Hebrews 11, 4 and 1 John 3, 12 ties it into a lack of faith. So whatever Cain was bringing, he didn't have faith in his own sacrifice, and he obviously didn't have love in his heart for his brother, and he despised his brother because his brother was righteous, and he was not. So he warns them here in Jude to woe unto them, for they have gone the way of Cain. In other words, they are following possibly a religion of works or 
they whatever religion they do have it is not of faith and without faith it's impossible to please god the bible says that god is love so it's impossible to truly agape love another person without first being born again of god in other words these are natural unsaved men they have gone the way of cain so Again, you know, Bible teachers look at it one of two ways. Bloodless religion works, or just Cain didn't have enough faith and love in regards to what he was doing and his sacrifice was not accepted. So next time we get together, we'll look at the error of Balaam. Well, listen, God bless you guys. Hope that you have a great day. Remember that God loves you. He wants the best for you, and he's working all things out for your good.